Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church around the world celebrates the great feast of Christ the King. Now, it's appropriate that we celebrate this feast as we end our liturgical year. We sum up our liturgical year by proclaiming to whom our life is ordered to, Jesus Christ. He is our King. We are his loyal subjects. Now, it's interesting to note the history behind this feast. It was originally instituted by Pope Pius XI in 1925. It was especially intended to challenge the current, the current dictatorships that were rising up during the time, Mussolini in Italy, Hitler in Germany, Stalin in Russia. Not only that, but it was also challenging modernism, you know, the current philosophy of that time. Church lived in a postmodern world. And the philosophy was challenging the church and even the existence of God. You had philosophers like Nietzsche and his great philosophy of the will to power, in which Nietzsche taught that a person is truly powerful when they follow their own will. The individual was powerful when they followed the will of themselves. If they followed the will of someone else or even God, they were not free. They were not powerful. Instead, they were enslaved to that person whose will they were following. But Nietzsche said, the individual that follows their own will, then they are truly free. Then they truly have power over themselves. And yet the church disagreed with that sharply. They said, no, we follow the will of God. And in doing so, then we are truly free, not enslaved to the needs of the world or of our own. And so, Pius specifically intended to create this feast day in which we recognize Christ is our King. He is to whom our lives are governed by and ordered to. Now, if we are to see Jesus as just some religious figure amongst many, we truly don't know who he is. If we consider him some prophet amongst other great prophets, again, we don't know who he truly is. But he is our King. He is a person who we are governed by. All of our actions and all of our words are governed by our King. Now, we proclaim this in our day and age with complete freedom, without any ramifications whatsoever. But if we lived in the first century in the Roman Empire, this was a very bold, even provocative statement to make. And why is that? Because if you lived in the time of Jesus in the Roman Empire, what you proclaimed was Caius Curios. Caesar is Lord. Caesar is your Lord, whether you like it or not. Caesar is the emperor, therefore he is the Lord of your life. And that's what you proclaimed. Now, when you called a person a king, your king, and that you are a subject to your, to your, to your king, it had great overtones attached to it. It's something that you didn't take lightly. 
Now, if you are a loyal subject to your king, basically you become a living extension of your king. Whatever your king values, now you value. Whatever your king believes, well, now you believe. However the king lives his life, well, you live your life that way. And so, that's what it means to be a loyal subject. Well, what we have to recognize is after the ascension of Jesus Christ back into heaven, a small little band of individuals that we know as the apostles boldly stood up and said no to Caius Curios. Caesar is not our Lord. Instead, they boldly proclaimed, Jesus Curios, Jesus is King. Now, we have to appreciate just how revolutionary and how provocative that statement was. If you made that statement publicly, you'd probably be thrown in jail. Remember, Christianity was an outlawed religion of the state of Rome. You couldn't practice that, let alone even talk about it. And yet, the small, tiny little band of individuals defiantly preached, Jesus Curios, Jesus is King. Now, if you preached that enough, what would happen? You would be thrown in jail, guilty of charges of treason. Why? Because Caesar was your king. If you boldly proclaimed someone else other than Caesar as your king, then you were guilty of treason and you were thrown in jail, maybe even executed. A great example of that is St. Paul. St. Paul's ministry lasted approximately 25, 30 years. He spent half that time in Roman prisons because he proclaimed, Jesus Curios, Jesus is King. Now, if you look at the first three centuries of our church in which it was persecuted, most of the popes during that time were martyred because they boldly proclaimed, Jesus Curios, Jesus is King. And yet, they didn't care. They weren't afraid. They were naturally compelled to proclaim Jesus is king because they believed that he truly was their king. He was to whom their lives were ordered to. They couldn't deny it. Now, with that in mind, go into the gospel. It's interesting. We have the clash, you could say, of two kings, the kings of two different kingdoms, kingdom of this world and the kingdom of heaven. Here you have Jesus speaking with Pilate. It said, Pilate said to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own? Who have told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate answered him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I am a king. Now you see the opposition of these two kings, these two kingdoms clashing before us. The first thing that we can note, if you look at the gospel or even throughout the Old Testament, the political leaders are not always portrayed very well. In fact, they are people of not very good character. I'll give you some examples. Herod, when he first hears that Jesus has been born, he commits genocide. He promotes the killing of the innocents in order to destroy Jesus as a child. His son isn't any better. His son arrests John the Baptist and then beheads him. Jesus now confronts another political leader, Pilate. And notice Pilate asks Jesus, Are you a king? Notice Jesus' answer. It's very evasive. It's very elusive. Now, why is that? Because 
Jesus knows. Pilate already has an image in his mind of what a king truly is. It's based upon Roman kingship with order and the ability to be brutal at times to put down uprisings. And Pilate is known for that. He is notorious for that. Pilate, yes, he was considered a good king, a good leader, but also he was not afraid to be brutal at times, to brutally put down uprisings, you know, to bring in the army and slaughter people in order to maintain the Roman order. And so that's the vision that Pilate has of kingship. But that is completely the opposite of what Jesus knows of kingship. Pilate knows that Roman order, Roman kingship, supports a system of domination, essentially dominating people, keeping order. Remember, the Romans were the first ones to invent and use crucifixion as a means to order their people to their laws. Well, Jesus' answer is evasive. Pilate said, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I'm a king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. See, Jesus wants to teach everyone, including Pilate, that true kingship is not based upon fear, violence, or brutality. Instead, real kingship through Jesus Christ is based upon the virtuous life, compassion, charity, forgiveness, love. It's based upon the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. It's based upon the two greatest commandments, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what real kingship is. And see, that's what Pilate would never be able to understand. And that, that's what we celebrate here today. That is our king, Jesus Christ. And that's essentially what he always espouses. That's how he leads from his throne. He leads by living the virtuous life, by essentially being it itself being charitable, compassion, loving, forgiving. And so what must we do? Well, when we celebrate this feast, and we should celebrate it not just once a year, but every day of our life, we too, if we are loyal subjects to our king, we also must be a living extension of our king in this world. We must practice the virtuous life. Whatever Jesus valued, we value. Whatever he believed, we believed. Whatever his way of life was, now is our way of life. And see, that's what it means to be a living extension of our king, to live out the virtuous life. Now, I'll leave you with a great story from St. Francis. I'm sure I've told you this many times. It's a great story of a young novice who joined the Franciscans. And he came up to St. Francis and he said, I want to be a great preacher just like you. Francis was. He had the ability to preach eloquently to win people over, to convert to faith. Well, this young novice was very eager to be the same way. And so he told Francis one day, you know, teach me to be a great preacher like you. And Francis said, yes, I'll do it. The next day, the two woke up early in the morning and they went out into the towns and the villages, begging for money and for food. Towards the end of the day, when they have accumulated enough, they distributed that food and money to the poor people and the homeless. The next day, they got up early in the morning and they did the same thing. And they did the same thing day after day. Well, after several weeks, the young novice became frustrated and he confronted St. Francis and he said, I asked you to teach me to be a great preacher and you didn't do it. 
St. Francis said, yes, I did. He says, I always tell my monks, preach the word of God always, and if necessary, use words. Well, I think that's what we have to celebrate today. Yes, we celebrate Jesus Christ. He is our king. He is the king of our life, and there is no other. Our life is ordered to our king, to Jesus Christ. Now we become a living extension of that king. Now we must go out and show everyone that we truly are loyal subjects to our king. And if necessary, we use words. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.